Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close. A little too close. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Bit Radio Show. Thank you once again for joining. It is a full Disney Bit Radio Show. It is episode number, I don't know, I'll ask somebody in a second, because it's Alan. Hello, Alan. You alright, Adam? How are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. Excellent. What what show number are we on? Do you know? 178, 178. of course. 178, of course, 178. It is, uh, we're recording slightly later though, but uh, it's only three days till Christmas. Just, just, just unless, a bit too close to Christmas for my liking. Unless you're in like Australia, then it's about two days to Christmas because they're like ahead of us. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but it's three days to Christmas, and we thought we'd bring you a Christmassy, Star Warsy mixture of all sorts of things show today. Uh, we've got a really cool tomorrow's child to do with you. But today, what we want to talk about is. Um, I want to talk about uh, if you're going to Disneyland Paris over the Christmas season, the, the sort of uh, offerings they've got on for you for both Christmas Eve and for New Year's Eve. We also want to talk, uh, do a bit of a review on Star Wars because I've seen it. Alan was planning on seeing it. Um, we'll come to that a little bit later. Uh, we also want to <laughs> talk a little bit about Disney Bit Running Team because it's not going to be long now until those of you who have not booked your places yet can do so. And uh, on Tomorrow's Child, we have got our 12 Days of Christmas song special that we said we were going to do thank you to everybody who sent us an email asking to do it we ended up having far more people who wanted to do it than we actually had space for so thank you to yep. all of you for for uh, applying for that and um it's been very popular and we're going to play that a little bit later on so that'll be something that'll be coming up a little bit later um have you got any news for today alan um no but before i start Adam, yeah because i'm in such a crispy mood yes have a quick drink of some eggnog here you've got eggnog mm. yeah of course, it's eggnog. It doesn't matter what's in the sound effect. What are you actually drinking? Um, coffee. Coffee. I had, early on today, very Christmassy, a gingerbread latte. Ooh, that's oh. a bit posh. And I've got some in the cupboard. In it. How posh yeah, is that? Wow. Gingerbread Boxing. latte. But I actually Bo- had one from Costa. But, you know. Boxing Day, I'll be around your house. But you can <laughs> come around if you want. Right, so um, I'm just going to reach through at the computer and I'd like to pull a crack with you. Okay, then. You ready? Yeah, do it. Three, two, one, go. Bang. Oh. It's a rubbish there sound effect there. Do I, what's there supposed to be a sound effect there? You well, not really, because I hadn't got one prepared. Oh, I say, you didn't warn me, I suppose there was a sound effect. That's... Just, just put my hat on. <laughs> um, I'm just, just going to unwrap my present. Um... Yeah, oh, what, what you got? Pants. You got pants? Yeah, I got pants. Oh, hang on, there's a joke here. You got a jo- you've got a joke. Hang on, oh, hang on. If you've got a Christmas joke, I need to stop this. Okay, your Christmas joke. What is it? Right. Go on. And because I got told off that they weren't Disney enough. Yeah. I'm just gonna re- rewrite this as a read it. Go on. What did Mickey send to Minnie when he was very angry at Christmas? I don't know. A cross mouse card. 
Thank you. Thank you. Right, they like that. Keep getting the applause going. There we go. Um, well, in the vein of uh, our wonderful jokes we had last time, we've got an epic joke for you this time. This was sent in by a listener. So, epic joke means epic music. Yeah. I'm going to try again. Epic. Hello, Adam, Alan, George, Craig, Chris Speed, and in the vein of your really terrible joke, I'll share with you my really terrible Star Wars joke, and it could become a running theme during the uh, post-Star Wars weeks that are coming up over the Christmas period, etc., etc. So, basically, Luke and Obi-Wan Kenobi go for a Chinese and uh, Luke or chicken fried rice, um, beef broccoli, some spring rolls, some shumai. Obi-Wan Kenobi, he likes a bit of fish. So he has like um, fish dim sum, uh, some seaweed, and um, oh, king uh, salt and pepper, um, sour sauce or something, something like that. Well, they're eating, and Luke is uh, using his chopsticks, and he, he literally, as he's getting the food on his chopsticks, he's getting closer and closer to his mouth. He keeps dropping the food, from, and he's really frustrated. And uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi just reaches over, and uh, in a very father-like way, how he is, as, as you know, he just puts his hand on Luke's hand and says, Luke, use the forks. There you go. So if you've got any jokes, send them to uh, Judge Craig, Alan, and Adam to radio at disneybrit.com or something like that. All right. Merry Christmas, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Okay, that's enough jokes for now, isn't it? Uh, that, that was classic. I know. A whole two minutes for that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it coming a long way up. Did you not? Did no. you not see that one coming? Oh, he, he, he managed to get us off the sense. When he starts to talk about fish meals today. I, I tell you drinks. what, that's the most elaborate menu I've ever heard for a joke. Anyway, yeah, if yeah. you've got a Star Wars joke, you want to send it is, do radio at disneybrook.com. Send it as an audio if you want to, and we'll play it on the show. That's not a problem. Um, okay, shall we um, Shall we do something that we're supposed to be doing on the show? Because at the Go minute, on, then, we've, just done, we've just done lots of silliness. Uh, where shall we start today? I wonder. So, this past weekend, probably one of the biggest films of the year, if not the century, was released. So I suppose good we better dinosaur. start. The what? The good dinosaur? Yeah. No, it's this. This that's coming up. Oh, 
Okay, so we're going to talk Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, my computer's not very happy today. If I get to do stuff and it tells me it doesn't want to. I don't know what's going on. Um, so, Star Wars The Force Awakens came out uh, last week and uh, people clambered to the theatre to go and see this. And um, I believe it's broken goodness knows how many box office records in the process of doing it and it's fairly likely to become the biggest movie of all time um, not surprised people were clambering for new Star Wars movies after the last trilogy that came out which George Lucas created and let's be honest didn't necessarily live up to the hype that people expected them to be um, and this is kind of the one that follows the original trilogy um, my plan today is to talk about Star Wars Force Awakens without spoiling it for anybody. Alan's not even seen it, so I'm not going to kind of give anything away if I possibly can, but to tell you what I thought of the film and whether or not you should go and see it. So, um, first off, what do you know about it, Alan? Do you know much? Um, the only bits that I know is that I've not managed to see it. Okay, so you don't really know anything else other than that about Star Wars. That's fine. I've okay. seen the first, first episode of Star Wars. I haven't seen the second, third, or fourth. Right. No. Or fifth or sixth, whatever order they're all coming in. This is the seventh one, isn't it? Yes. So I've seen the fourth one. Okay. That's where I've seen from. So you've seen, yeah, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I've, you've I've, not seen all I've, of them. I'm not a major one that's going to be this whole spoilers are going to ruin the film for yeah. me. Well, I think, you know, if you've not necessarily seen all the films, it won't necessarily, but I'm still not going to do it just because I know there'll be some people who still haven't had a chance to see it. And I know several people, including a massive Star Wars fan who still hasn't had the chance to see it yet. Um, so this does kind of continue from where the last film left off. Uh, it's several years in the future, as you can probably guess, uh, when obviously Darth Vader has gone, finished, done, etc. And this is kind of what comes next, but it's about 30-odd years after the last movie took place. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is this 12A certificate. Um, right. People kind of are in an arm about whether or not to take their small children to see it because it's a 12A certificate. The only reason I think it's a 12A certificate is because of the fact that there is quite a few people who get shot, although you don't really see it because it's obviously with lasers and etc. But they do get shot in it. There is one point where one of the stormtroopers just have blood on his on his mask, um, and there's obviously quite a bit of sort of sword fighting, a la lightsabers. So. From that point of view, I can see why they're giving it a 12A, but don't be concerned about the content being too adult. It is a little bit dark in places. Yes, there are a few moments that maybe would be a little bit scary for very small children. But to be honest, you could take... I took Harry, he's eight. I think there were probably some seven-year-olds in the audience as well when I went to see it, and they were absolutely fine with it. No problems whatsoever. It's got a running time of just over two hours, so lengthwise it's not particularly long in the sense that you're going to be sat through what is a three-hour movie with things like the James Bond stuff and all that sort of thing. It's pretty appropriate for most families, I would say, and that 12A rating is purely for the fact that there's the lightsaber fights and some of the minor violent stuff that goes on it. I watched. I looked at the BBFC and the British Board of Film Classification website, and it does actually give you some details uh, as to why they give it the classification that it does. And before going to see it, they didn't say anything about the language, just about obviously some of the sword, the lightsaber fighting stuff that happens, things like that. So I would say it's suitable, really, for kind of seven, eight-year-olds. I don't think it's an issue. Slightly younger than that, maybe not, but don't certainly taking those sort of children that are going to come out of it scarred for life, which is pretty good. Now, J.J. Abrams who was given the reins for Star Wars. Slightly controversial, I suppose, because he was already in charge of Star Trek as well. So we were a little bit concerned about was he going to get these two mixed up and how was it going to work. Good news is that the visually, 
the film is fantastic. I'm really pleased to see that he's t- taken the lead from the original trilogy and he's given it a very, very similar look to that. Episode 1, 2 and 3 that George Lucas created, my issue with those is that they did have a slightly different look and they didn't quite work in exactly the same way. And what J.J. Abrams has realised is that the Star Wars fans weren't necessarily as much of a fan of those three as they were the original. And he's gone back and he's used that similar format. So it does very much feel like a classic Star Wars movie in its style. Um, it has got, obviously, the uh, some of the original cast in it. Um, and one of the things I really like about this film is that the original cast aren't cameos or gimmicks. They're not there because it will drag audiences in and it will, you know, people will come and see it because... Han Solo's back in it again, Luke Skywalker is in it again, Princess Leia's in it again. They have legitimate reasons for being in the movie and they all have very important points in the movie in order to make the plot move forward, which is really good to see. Equally, the two lead characters who are in it, um, which uh, is Ray and Finn, they are obviously brand new to the series. We've never seen them before. We don't really know who they are. And they, the, the story very much centres around those two as well as the sort of older characters as well. And do you know what? They are brilliant in this. And I have no worries whatsoever that these two can't now take on kind of further stories if needs be. You know, we know that Harrison Ford and that lot are getting old. They're not going to be around forever. And I, I think they've been these two new characters have been introduced in such a way that we're going to see them as those new Star Wars characters and we're going to be able to follow the journey of their stories throughout other Star Wars films, which is brilliant. There was always that concern that they were going to introduce two unknown characters and it wasn't quite going to fit and it wasn't all going to sort of work together, but it really, really does. The other nice addition is BB-8. Um, I don't know how much you know about BB-8, Alan. Um, it's a very expensive toy. Yes, yeah, about 130, 40 pounds, I think. BB-8 is a new droid that is used in the story. Um, he's very clever, and the the way they get the expression and the character through with him is brilliant. Um, in the same way that everyone fell in love with Wally without speaking, BB-8 is exactly the same. They can get across these fantastic expressions with this robot. Uh, you you know, you laugh at him. You can see when he's feeling sad you can see when he's happy you can see how he fits in again with the storyline and how it all works so i i love bb8 as a new character and i think actually out of all of the new characters that were introduced in this bb8 i think is probably one of my favorites and i think he works really really well not everybody's a fan i know i've read some reviews where people have said that bb8 is why is he there um but i do like him and i do think he works really well um we have our new bad guy uh, obviously, Darth Vader can't be in it anymore. He's dead, uh, which isn't a spoiler. We all know that from the original trilogy. But we've now got Kylo Ren, who is the new um, sort of bad guy, who is taking on sort of, I suppose, the reins of Darth Vader in being the big evil villain that, that appears in the film. Uh, that's very well done as well. I think it's a really nice new character. The Stormtroopers have got a slight change to how they work as well, but they work really, really well. I'm trying desperately not to give away anything with the things that I'm saying. Uh, we've got um, some great new kind of planets and new worlds that we get to see, and um, there's some really nice elements that hark back to um, the original trilogy. Han Solo has some great one-liners in, the, in those three films. And some of those make a reappearance in this one. He's also got some new ones as well. Um, I just, overall, as a Star Wars fan, and, and I don't profess to be a massive, massive Star Wars geek in the sense that some people are and fully understand all the little nuances in the universe. But from my point of view, I, from the moment it started to the moment it finished, I had a big smile on my face because it was so well done. It was so it was funny, genuinely funny in places. Uh, the story was very clever. 
very simple I think I don't think the story is particularly complicated but again just like any kind of trilogy and this is I think this is one of the downsides to movies that are released knowing full well they're going to be a trilogy um, when you get a standalone film that does really well and then they come up with a sequel afterwards because it did so well you kind of get a really strong storyline in a movie whereas because they know Force Awakens is the first of a new trilogy the storyline very much is setting itself up for the second and third movie so we've got a lot of back character background information we begin to understand more about those characters so that at the end of that of the original force awakens there's a very clear very very clear kind of story arc that is coming over the next two films and it's fair well, i'm fairly certain i know what the next film is going to be about from sort of watching the end of the force awakens because the whole film that makes does that make sense yeah i think it does um, so it's very much a setup in the way that episode one was a setup for two and three, and not a massive amount goes on in episode one because it sets up the whole idea of Anakin being, you know, Luke's father and all that sort of stuff. Um, this very, I think, sets it up in a better way in the sense that it's it's entertaining, it's good, it's got some great action in it, but it definitely gives us an idea of what is to come next. Um, so. Overall, brilliant film. Absolutely loved it. Would I go and see it again? Yep, I would. I'd love to go and see it again. Uh, but with the prices cinemas are these days, uh, I'm not quite sure whether I'm going to get a chance to go and see it again before it comes out on DVD. But it's, without a shadow of doubt, a brilliant film. It's well worth going to see. If you're not a massive Star Wars fan, um, it, if you're interested in Star Wars, definitely go and see it. If you've never seen Star Wars, you don't have interest in it, don't go and see it. Because I don't think, because of it being a film for Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily going to be anybody, for anybody who doesn't really understand what the Star Wars universe is about. You're fine now because you've watched one of them and you kind of get it. And I think you can watch these without watching the other films and understand kind of what's going on because there's enough references in it to explain yeah. who Darth Vader was, where the, what the Death Star was, who Han Solo and Chewbacca is, who Leia is, and how he, what his relationship, her relationship with Solo is, and all those sort of things are kind of brought into this movie. To, so you wouldn't need to. It's, it's, it's quite clever because I guess it's a it's a new film for a new Star Wars age or a new age of Star Wars fans that yeah. won't necessarily have, have sat through the endless hours of the other six movies. But um, yes, it's well worth going to see. Um, there are moments in there that I'd say are genuinely brilliant, thr- uh, very thrilling, uh, action-wise, are fantastic, some great stuff in there. There are moments, there are plot twists and things like that that happen that you just go, what? Oh my God. Okay, I'm not going to give away what those are because you can go and see it and find that out for yourself. But there are moments that you kind of... What's really impressive is so there are moments and things that happen in the film that actually Disney have done extremely well to keep secret. Because there's things in there that if you knew about before you watched it, you'd be like, oh, really? That's not fair. I can't believe someone's told me, etc., etc. Whereas um, they've just managed to keep them very, very quiet. And some things have leaked, you know. And and as people have watched the films, they've leaked things out to other people. And other people have said, oh, have you heard such and such happens? That sort of thing. But on the whole, I think they've done a very, very good job of, um, of keeping it quiet, keeping it secret. Excellent. So there you go. There's my Star Wars review without really giving away anything that happens in the movie. I think. Do you reckon? Like, here's something for you. Yeah, go right? on. When they did the original Star Wars, yeah, that they realised they were going to be doing a trilogy of them, or do you think it was going to be a one? What the original ones with George Lucas? 
Yeah. I think he he always had in his mind that there was a story, there was a series of stories that happened and a series of stories that would work. I think what happened with regards to Lucas is he wanted to tell the original episode one, two, and three first, but felt that the technology and the way that he would be able to tell the story wouldn't work, and that's why he went for for four, five, and six first, without doing the right. original three. And once he was happy that the technology was there and he would be able to tell the story properly, he then went back and did the original three. So I think he, yeah, he always had this universe in mind when he created it. Mm-hmm. I don't think oh, yeah, there was okay. ever ever a point that you know, I'd, so so in a way you know you had those original three. In a way, the first three they're not pointless films, but they are films that kind of ruin some of what the surprises are in the next three. So the surprise that Darth Vader is Luke's father. When you originally watched the trilogy and you found out that you were like, no way, that's amazing. Whereas yeah. the first three movies now tell you that Darth Vader's Luke's father. So when it happens in those films, you go, yeah, I know that. You told me that in the first three. Yeah. So it kind of loses a little bit of that, I suppose. Um, I, but, I thought know. it was quite interesting in the episode four, whatever it's called. What's it called? Harvest? Yeah, episode four. No. New Hope. New Hope. What was Harvest Moon? Is that the Family Guy one? That's uh, Blue Harvest was, I think, the um, was the kind of code name when it was being made. Right, okay. Um. The fact that at the beginning of that one, which to me would have been the first episode, yeah, they're telling you a backstory in the title credits. Yes, and all of that backstory you kind of learn about in episode one, two, and three. Ah, so it was that was kind of Lucas's way of of starting at the fourth without worrying about the other three. So basically, in about three minutes, he's managed to save a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of. There's obviously other bits and pieces in the original trilogy, the the, the new trilogy that that kind of weren't told in that particular backstory bit at the beginning, but I, you, you can still watch. I would I would still, if someone was telling me I need to watch Star Wars, where should I start? I would always start with episode four. It's probably controversial, but I could quite happily have Star Wars existing without episode one, two, and three. Because I don't I think, think a they had a massive too. amount. Jar Jar Binks is an abomination. So, um, But I think, you know, Abrams has done such a good job of this. You know, it, there are there are elements of the story that kind of correlate with and kind of run parallel with the story of A New Hope, episode four. And you can kind of see what they're doing. They're kind of trying to... They're not... Reboot the, the, the Star Wars franchise isn't right. They're continuing to tell the story, but you can see that they're telling the story and they're taking it in a way that means that there's now going to be... There could be endless possibilities for Star Wars movies to be made. And spin-off Christmas specials. Uh, yeah, there could be all sorts of different things. There's going to be so much stuff they can do. They're going to do origin stories for people like Yoda and all that sort of stuff. There's going to be um, kind of... Obviously, the, you've got Rogue One coming up. The next Star Wars, the, the next one in the trilogy, this new trilogy, is 2017, I believe. Um, so we've got a long way to wait until that comes and that happens. But, you know, there'll be other stuff that will come in, in its place for us to enjoy and watch and... and and devour before then. Um, incidentally, I, I don't want to detract from your Star Wars thing, yeah. but um, just so that everyone knows, my wife's getting ahead and in the kitchen behind me. She is. And oh, you're more than likely going to hear her talking. Do you reckon? And if you hear, it, if you hear any gossip from our estate, don't spread it <laughs> further, all right? <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Oh, what are you doing? I've got a nice empty house. And you're well, I've got the house full of in the background. You can hear him. Do I have to turn the music up like this? Have to do this. Okay. We'll just shout really loud over the top. 
Look, I can't turn them down. Oh, you can't. Can you not? No, Send them out. Work like that. Send them out for dinner. That'll cost me money. Oh, it don't matter. I had a lovely burrito for lunch. That's completely beside the point. Um, <laughs> I know where that came from. Um, okay, so that is basically Star Wars in a nutshell. Uh, do go and see it. Do let us know what you think. If you've been to see it, you want to leave us a review, then feel free to leave us a review and let us know what you think about it. be good to hear what other people's opinions are. For some people who may be a, bit, a little bit more au fait with Star Wars than I am and, and have got a better understanding of Star Wars than I am. That would be great. But um, that is my Star Wars review. I don't ask you your opinion, but... I'm, I'm starting to laugh now. Why are you laughing? One of the kids has found the recorder. What recorder? Oh, no. <laughs> musical recorder. Musical recorder. Toot, toot, toot. Oh, no. Do we need to play some Christmas music over the top? Yeah. We need Christmas music just to cover it up. Um, right. What should we do next? Shall we talk Disneyland Paris running team? Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Okay, let's do uh, Disney Bit Running Team then, which means having just started playing some Christmas music, I've now got to stop playing that Christmas music because we need the Disney Bit Running Team music, do we not? Is that right? So I need that playing and I need to start this one. Go. So, Disney Bit Running Team. Why are we playing this now, just before Christmas? Because Alan has already managed to sort himself out for the Disneyland Paris Half Marathon for the Disney Brit Running Team. I am yet to do so, but this is your warning because you've got less than a month until the race-only uh, entries open for the Disneyland Paris Half Marathon. And uh, it's actually going to be on the at present, the 12th of January. So that's a Tuesday, the 12th of January. Disney are going to be releasing race bib-only entries into the Disneyland Paris Half Marathon. Now, there are only a select number of these that are going to be going on, but you do need to get hold of these if you want to before they fill up, because once they're gone, they are gone. It's that simple. Um, now, if you are thinking about doing it, just to remind you on prices of the different things that are going to be happening. It's just re recap over what the dates are for everything. So the Run Disney Health and Fitness Expo is going to be Thursday the 22nd uh, to Saturday the 24th of September. And it's going to be open different times depending on which day you're going to be there. Um, there's free access to that. Saturday, September 24th, that is going to be the Disneyland Paris 5K. That starts at 7am. Participants must be older than five years old on the day of the race. It's going to cost you €29 Euros, uh, to enter that. If you're going to do the Run Disney Kids races, that's going to be Saturday, September 24th from 10 a.m. Got 100 meters race for one to three year olds, 200 meters for four to six year olds, 400 meters for seven and to eight year olds, and for those who are eight to ten, there's going to be a one kilometer and a two kilometer for those aged ten to twelve. That's going to be a 12 euro per person entry. It's about 10 pounds ish, and then of course we've got the big one. That is the Disneyland Paris Half Marathon. That's on Sunday, September the 25th. It's at 7am. It's for people aged 18 and over. Priced at €69 Euros per person. It's about £52 to £54, pounds, depending on what the exchange rate is at the particular time that's going to be happening. Um, but uh, that's just going to be your race entry only. If you've not got that already, you need to be on the ball in order to sort that out and get that done. Because like I say, once they're done, they are gone. Um, on top of that, you can do the inaugural party on Friday, September the 23rd. 7.30 starts, €79 Euros per person. And they're also doing a rice party, which is the dinner show for Buffalo Bills Wild West. It's Saturday, September the 24th. 6.30pm and they've got slightly different prices depending on when it is that you're going when it is you're doing etc all that sort of stuff um, so you've booked all of yours is that right? Um, we've got the room, we've got the flights we've got the entry into the half marathon Yeah. 
Um, we haven't entered into any parties or Buffalo Bill so things. So you've not any of the parties at all? Because I've got a gut feeling that if I pull the money between me and my wife, yeah. of, I don't know, 60 quid per person, yeah. I reckon we could have some quite good fun in one of the bars at the hotel. Yeah, I think so. Just to give you a rough idea of what the price, they're expecting the prices to be for those people who are entering from the UK, it is going to be £52 per adult. Family races are £22. Kids races are £9. There we go. So they're the prices that are going to be going on with regards to that. But obviously, it's Christmas. You know, we're thinking about you've got 12 days after Christmas. 12 days, 12 days into January is when you're going to have to start thinking about... Um, saves me your Christmas money. Yeah, saves me your Christmas money, basically. Because uh, once, like I say, once they're gone, they're gone. With regard to charity places, we are obviously still running for Cordwell Children. I know that Cordwell Children were attempting to get some charity places for people who were going to do it. Uh, but at this moment in time, charity places for any charity, they're finding it very, very difficult to get any more information out of Disneyland Paris. Well, not Disneyland Paris directly, the company who are, who are doing it all for Disneyland Paris, they're finding it very, very difficult to get any more information out of them. And that's not just Cordwell, that's everybody. So depending on, um, if you're going to wait for a charity place do please be aware that they really don't know how many places they're getting at this moment in time so if you are absolutely desperate to do it and you want to do it uh i would we would advise that you try and book yourself a bib only place if you're going to do it don't hang around waiting for the charity places hoping that it doesn't matter because you'll get one of those because at this moment in time none of the charities understand what's going on some charities have actually started putting up if you want to run for our charity then book yourself a place and once you've done it fill in this registration form and then get back to it and we'll get back to you that way so they've started to do it that way because it's the only way they know that they're going to be able to get hold of people and get them involved so so yeah not particularly great news for charity places there but hey you know it's, it's organised pretty much like how the whole thing's been going so far yeah it's. Um, I, I think there was supposed to be an email being sent out that we had to fill out from Disney. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Because I think I, I don't know whether Disney themselves operate all of the back behind the scenes stuff. I know the charity stuff. They've actually got an external company who's going to be running it for them. Yeah. They're actually running it themselves. And this external company, I don't think, are necessarily as on the ball as maybe Disney would be if they'd have done it themselves. And they're, they're causing a few issues with regards to contacting charities and that sort of stuff. So. Um. Just be aware that that's obviously coming up and you need to be getting involved in that. Uh, also, if you aren't taking part in the Disney uh, Brit running team or you aren't taking part in the half marathon but you'd like to support us in any way and we're looking for people to support us and help, help us to raise money as well, uh, we have got the Just Giving page, justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit running team. We're currently at a total of £355 and we want to raise at least £2,000 and obviously we know that the big fundraising stuff hasn't happened just yet. But um, myself and Alan are still doing events and things like that. I've now got two events planned, which I'm really? going to take. Yeah, I've got two events planned, which I'm going to be taking part in before we do the half marathon. In April, I'm going to be taking part in the Night Games, which is a 10-mile mud obstacle course. It's done at night. We set off at 8 p.m. Uh, and we do it with a head torch and uh, it basically is a 10 miles and it takes it's going to take several hours to do so it's done at night and also in may of this year i will be believe it or not taking on the tough mudder half race as well so it's a 10k not the full 12 miles uh we're going to be doing a 10k tough mudder half uh which we're going to uh, which is one of the toughest mud obstacle races around in the uk at the moment so it's a big one um, so I'm going to be doing that for Cordwell Children as well. So all of these things that I'm going to be doing are all going to be raising money for Cordwell Children. So Could please do good. sponsor those. So yeah, sorry. 
pretty good. Yeah, you've, pretty uh, good going. You've, you've, you've been sort of totally gripped by this. Totally, and utterly, thing. yeah, I have, yeah. I totally did, have. Did you miss out on something as a child? Is that what it was? So that's what it is. It must have been. But, you know, I've, I did Wolfram a little while back, which was a fantastic experience. Uh, we did, uh, I've now got, say, um, Night Games in April, and then I've got Tough Mudder in May. And uh, I think Rock Solid probably October again next year. And uh, yeah, I've been totally gripped by, by mud obstacles. It's brilliant fun. Absolutely love doing them. And there's several others that I'd like to do this year that I haven't done yet. Um, so yeah, keep. It was a good laugh. It was great fun. So all of these sort of are happening, and and everyone costs everyone I do costs me a small fortune. So if I'm paying out money to do these to raise money for Caldwell Children, please help us to raise as much money as we can by sponsoring us. Justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit running team. Um, anything that you want to say about running stuff at the moment? Sort of. Go on then, what do you want to say? It's something that hadn't really dawned on me until the other week when I was yeah. running it with my mates. Um, obviously when you go to Florida and you're booking your restaurants and stuff like that, you plan it six months in advance, yeah. At least, don't you? You're really prepared. Yeah. What's Disneyland Paris's approach to this? With regards to booking restaurants, yeah, you can do it up to, I believe, 180 days in advance. Because when I've been before the the restaurants at Disneyland Paris, it tends to be there's no like I don't set routine of of doing the booking like like what you got the ADRs over in Walt Disney World. Yeah seem to be a bit more informal and generally when I've booked a restaurant and you walk up and you've you've got your place and you walk past this queue of people who are getting really angry yeah um and everyone's getting turned away it can be quite aggressive in the in the little foyers of these restaurants yeah now I've got a theory that the majority of people that are going to be going to do this Disneyland Paris half marathon yeah will be American or people who have been to Florida before Okay. And are well prepared on their planning of restaurants. Right, okay. So I think that if you're planning on stopping at a restaurant at Disneyland Paris, you're going to have to approach it a bit more military-like yeah. and get booked very early. Yes. Yeah, so I think you probably will. That's my bit of advice tip, really. Yeah, and it's something certainly to think about as we go. Talking about booking food mm-hmm. and things like that, I'm glad you've, you've, you've kind of segued into what we're going to be looking at next, uh, which is actually... Disney food, but Disneyland Paris specifically, over Christmas and New Year. What I thought we'd do today is to talk a little bit about the special offerings that are available in Disneyland Paris uh, this Christmas and for this new year. Now, please be remain seated as we do this, because there are some that I'm just about to read out that are going to blow your mind at how expensive they are. So, if you're heading to Disneyland Paris in the next few days in order to go for Christmas, let me tell you the options you've got. You've got, some of them have two services that you're going to be able to go and book, and some of them only have one. There's a 6.30 and a 9.30 seating, okay? So, in the parks, you've got the Auberge de Saint-Rélan, you like my French, Blue Lagoon Restaurant, Plaza Gardens, and the Waltz American Restaurant. You've got Buffalo Bill's Wild West Show. You've also got the Hunter's Grill Tavern, the Yacht Club, Christmas Character buffet party inventions uh california grill and founders club that are all inside the hotels now auberge of century long are you going to just go 
turkey, roast potatoes, and sprouts. Well, no, I'm going to tell you how much they are first, and then we'll go into detail. So, if you want to eat in Auberge, which is the uh, character dining location for the princesses, there's only yep. one seating. It's going to be at 6.30 on uh, Christmas Eve. It's going to cost you €289 Euros for adults and €89 Euros for children. You've then got the Blue Lagoon restaurant, which is in Adventureland. It's inside uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's €169 Euros for adults and €59, Euros, unless you want to do the 9.30 seating, then it's €199 Euros for adults and €59 Euros for children. If you want a slightly cheaper uh, alternative... Yes. If you want a slightly cheaper alternative, you can go to the Plaza Gardens restaurant. That's going to come out €149 Euros or €49 Euros for the, yeah, for the 6.30 seating. And the 9.30 seating is €179 and €49, respectively. Walt's American Restaurant, again, not as cheap, but the same price as your Blue Lagoon. You've got £169.59 for the 6.30 and £199.59 for the 9.30. Buffalo... Is the, is the 59 for kids, by the yeah, way? Yeah, 59 is for kids, yeah. Buffalo it's Bill's Wild different. West Show, it is massively different. You know, €110 Euros difference. Uh, Buffalo Bills Wild West show is the cheapest option by far for, for Christmas Eve. It's 109 euros and 69 euros adults children, and then the 930 is 100, uh, 129 euros or 69 euros for uh, adults and children. That's the 930 seating. If you're going to the over to the um, hotels, the Hunter's Grill is 149 and 39 or 930, 179 and 49. Okay, Yacht Club 199 and 59, and that only is a 6:30 seating, and the same the Christmas character buffet is also one seating at 6.30. It's 259 euros for adults or 69 euros for children. Inventions is 219 euros for adults, 69 euros for children. And if you want a 9.30 seating, it's 269 euros and 89 euros for children. Okay. Now, um, do you think we've met the highest one yet? Um I would like to hope so. Flipping haven't. Right, California Grill, 6.30 seating, €259 for adults and €69 for children. If you want to eat in California Grill at a 9.30 seating, it will cost you a mere €329 for adults and €89 for children. That's just short of 250 quid. Yeah. And uh, there, if you want to go to the Founders Club, there is only one seating. It's going to be at 8.30pm. Children is €119. And adults is four hundred and sixty-nine euros. Three hundred and fifty quid. Where, so, where's the Founders Club? The Founders Club. I'm just going to go through what we've got for our buffets. So uh, your buffets, you've got. You do get reductions in the Plaza Garden for discount for annual pass holders. Uh, you've got a vegetarian menu and an allergy menu. You do also get meet and greet with Disney characters and Santa Claus. There's a musical trio and a balloon sculptor. On, uh, on on offer, uh, men sorry yeah a menu there's a seafood pl platters there's uh, baskets of raw vegetables pumpkin soup uh, with porcini mushroom shavings there's ham and cheese platters there's foie gras pigeon terrine salmon marinated in mild spices these are just starters uh, and then you've got things like free range chicken served with mushrooms uh, you've also got veal and lamb on there as well. Beef cheeks, uh, you've got potato gratin, winter vegetables with chestnuts, buttered oh. snake beans. Because it's um, like a term of endearment to you, isn't it? Isn't it, yeah. And, cheeks. And, and um, desserts, you've got a selection of Christmas desserts, selection of seasonal fruits, a chocolate fountain, coffee and petit four. There's wine and champagne, and there's obviously children's drinks in there as well. Uh, the second service in that restaurant has slightly different menus. I'm not going to go through all of this because we're going to be here forever. Um, 
Inside Sequoia Lodge, which is the Hunter's Grill, you're going to get um, some meet and greet with Disney characters. You've got face painting and creative workshop for children with and special holiday decor in there as well. Food-wise, again, you're looking at a very interesting mix of food. Assorted marinated fishes, catches of the day, salads, etc. for starters. Main courses, you've got steaks, loin of veal, chicken fillets, monkfish, um, a Normandy-style truffled white pudding served with mashed potato. Duck breast, uh, porcini mushrooms again, and desserts. You've got assorted tarts, cheesecakes, chocolate cakes, white chocolate cakes, etc. So, and the second service again is a similar, similar with a few extra bits and pieces on top. Um, Disneyland Hotel, the Inventions, which is uh, 269 euros, is the second seating for this particular one. And if we go to what you get for your uh, for your menus for yeah, Christmas amuse bouche. Starters, you got things like garnished cold poached salmon, smoked salmon marinated in spices. There's a lot, a huge amount of different uh, seafood options there for starters. And you then got a hot buffet. So carveries, truffled white puddings, braised bison. I hope they haven't taken them from Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, veal, lamb, scallops, lobster, sea bass, chicken. You've got Sounds a vegetable good. and side buffet. Children's snacks, you've got pizza mini burgers and hot dogs chicken wings beef meatballs a selection of cheeses a dessert buffet and then there's adult drinks in there champagnes wines etc and then the children's drinks that are going on table service wise blue lagoon um you've got a massive massive menu well not a massive menu actually it's not as big as i thought it was uh you've got an amuse bouche and then you've got a trilogy on wild and tide which is pan seared foie gras with roasted mango scallops and shellfish mashed tart lobster roulette served with the seaweed of toasted bread there's also a free-range chicken supreme served with morel mushrooms crab cake and a lobster sauce and root vegetables uh then you've got gourmet salad a christmas dessert and coffee and petit foie and then there's obviously a a vegetarian menu I'm not going to go into. Children's menu. They get savoury mini cones. A domino of salmon and vegetables served with crispy pancakes and saffron butter. And then Christmas desserts in there as well. Second seating is very similar to the first seating with a few extra bits and pieces. Uh, we go through to Waltz. Again, it's another sit-down menu. It's... Uh, uh, ooh, what we got here? Citrus crabs, smoked salmons, glazed duck breasts. Uh, it kind of seems to be very much on a theme. Uh, you've got kind of your fish, your meat, uh, and your vegetarian courses in there as well. Um, one I'm really interested in is the one that's going to cost an absolute fortune. We have got the Yacht Club, which again uh, brings you that usual mixture of of kind of like your, your seafood. You've got goose in this one um, and some other bits and pieces. Goose, uh, I've never had that goose. goose. I've never had goose. California Grill, which I've got to say... California Grill is a stunning place to eat, and having eaten there, it cost an absolute fortune. Uh, cream of sea urchin tart. Mm. Never read that. A goose foie gras with dried fruits and nuts in a pear, and yuzu chutney. Then roast leg of guinea fowl with mushrooms and fresh truffle stuffing, winter vegetables, and caviar butter. Um, you get a, a truffle flavored cheese with gourmet salad, and a Christmas dessert in that particular one as well. Um, so, I'm not sure. I don't fancy any no, of that. No, I, I don't fancy any of that either. Um, and then we go to the Founders Club, which again is in the Disneyland Hotel. Menu is it's an 8.30 seating, €469 Euros for adults. Uh, and you get the following. 
An amuse bouche truffle tart, foie gras, goose foie gras with dried fruit, nuts, pan fried, and a truffle crumb. Uh, lang langoustine cannelloni served with a creamy citrus bisque, grapefruit, and champagne sorbet. A free range guinea fowl leg and a pan fried porcini mushroom served with a caviar butter, winter vegetables, and polenta. And then you get the truffle cheese with gourmet salad, a Christmas dessert, and coffee and petit foie again in that particular one. Um, so the menu is actually not much more than you currently get in the other in the um, California yeah. Grill, but it's an absolute fortune. Then you've got your character dining as well, uh, which I'm not going to go into a massive. At the Founders amount. Club. No, this is in. This is now at Auberge. Um, you've got. I'm trying to work down. out why it's. Um, why is it? I'm guessing it's very very exclusive. Hmm. Well, now the Christmas. They didn't even have mac and cheese. No, they didn't. The Christmas character buffet, which is happening inside the, the Disney New York Hotel, has got a, a quite a large menu, actually. I'll be, uh, they've got all a lot of the stuff that you've heard on a lot of the other menus, but obviously in a buffet form. Um, and there's a lot of hot and cold dishes on there as well. So there's no end of stuff going on uh, with regards to the food. Just to tell you, Buffalo Bill obviously is a slightly different to what they would normally have. You get nachos with authentic chili and campfire bread, which is usual. They're going to get a festive casserole, which has chestnut stuffed supreme of capon with a truffle jus, white pudding, pork tenderloin marinated herbs and spices, roast potatoes with thyme, sauteed winter vegetables and chestnuts, Christmas desserts and coffee or tea. And get in there as well, so that's part of your particular menu for that one. Um, is it worth it? That's the question. Do you think they'll bring out some reindeers as part of the show? What that you've eaten? Oh no, um, no, I doubt it. Rain Wild West yeah. reindeers. Wild, Wild Bill used to round up them reindeer like nobody no, you else. See, you thought that was expensive. Yeah. We then move on to the prices for New Year. Now, I'm not going to go through the entire dessert for New Year. If you're really, really interested, you can find it online. I'm just going to go through how much it's going to cost you. If you're going there for New Year's Eve, okay, this is what it's going to cost you to eat. Uh, Auberge for a 6.30 seating is $329 and $89. There's only one seating, that's a 6.30. So $329 for a character meal in the park. It makes, me sick. Bargain. it makes me sick to think that there are some people who are going to pay £250 a person to go and eat there. I just I just don't get it. I, I genuinely don't get why anyone would pay that much money. I'm going to charge you 50 quid to come through my door, Adam. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not coming for New Year then. Oh. Fine, I've changed my mind. Uh, Blue Lagoon Restaurant, €199 Euros and €59 Euros for adults. €249 Euros and €79 Euros, uh, if you go in the... Um, a 9.30 seating. Um, if you want Plaza Gardens, 179 and 49. And in the, the 9.30 is 2.29 and 69. Waltz is 199 and 59. And then if you're going in the evening, 2.49 and 79. Buffalo Bill, again, the cheapest option by uh, by a, a chalk. Uh, 129 and 69 for the 6.30. And then 169 and 79 for the 9.30. Then we go Huntsman's Grill, 139 and 49. And 179 and 59. And then Yachtsman's Club only has one seating at 8 o'clock, which is €199.69. Euros. The Christmas Character Buffet Party is one seating at 8. It's €259.79. Euros Euros. Then we go to Inventions. That's going to cost you €239.79 Euros for a 6.30 seating and €319.99 Euros Euros for the 9.30 seating. California Grill. €279.79 Euros Euros for the 6.30, €389 Euros or €99 Euros for the 
And then at the Founders Club at Disneyland Hotel, it's an 8.30 seating, one only. It's going to cost you €559 Euros per adult and €129 Euros per child to eat New Year's dinner there. That's a, that's a bargain. You know, that's, 559 euros. For me and Catherine, the two kids, that's only a grand. You know, that's fine. Just for dinner. <laughs> just That's just to eat food. Does it include drink? Uh, it does have a drink on the menu, which doesn't have a price next to it. So I would assume it probably includes some sort of drink. If it was all you could drink, I'm sure Catherine would get the money's worth. You do get, as in, included in that grand that you're going to pay, you do get a meet and greet with Disney characters and entertaining workshops for children. Ooh. Ooh. Your menu, you know what that sort of means? Your menu for £1,000, right, is the following. Amuse-bouche caviar tart. Rock lobster meal foy with uh, winter radishes. Ablon fricassee with lobster coral gnocchi. Grapefruit and champagne sorbet. A Wagyu beef glazed in truffle served with roast potatoes and winter vegetables. Um, a truffle flavoured cheese with gourmet salad. New Year's desserts and coffee and petit four. For children... Oh, that, was, that was it? Yeah, that's it. And then for children, you've got a popping vegetable tart tartar. Crab and prawn duo served with cheese mousse and fresh herbs. A fillet of sea bass with a lobster and asparagus coulis. Chicken thigh with mushrooms and truffade potatoes. New Year's dessert. Marshmallows from our head pastry chef. <laughs> is it just me or is a lot of kids not going to eat that? No, they're not. You do get all your wines in here as well. Oh, I've just knocked my microphone, there is. Uh, white wines in there. Several white wines in there. 97, a 2012 and a 2010. There's a 2001, 2012 and 2011 red wine. You've got a champagne Bollinger, and you get half a bottle of white or red and one glass of champagne per person plus water. Oh, so you do get so a, you get a oh, bottle of wine between bit. you and a glass of champagne and water. Mm. But if you want more than one glass of water, I, you know I love Disney and I love Disneyland Paris, but have they lost the plot? I think. Um, Maybe someone's economics have come out of the recession a lot quicker than everyone else's. Honestly, have they genuinely lost the plot that people are going to spend all that money on that? I just don't get what... What? <laughs> and the thing is, I know what, having been to Disneyland Paris for New Year, it's rammed as it is. So imagine spending a full day in a park, rammed, standing in queues, getting sick to death of being run over by people's buggies, and then going, I know, let's top the night off by spending £1,000 on dinner. I think there may be an opportunity where you go, I would actually pay a £1,000 to get out of this crowd. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Catherine, grab the kids. After that depressing news um, yeah. for um, for how much it's going to cost you to eat Christmas Eve and, and New Year's Day, have you got another joke to cheer us up? Well, do you, do you know what? What, have you got another one? I may do. It's almost like I knew. Um, what does... Miley Cyrus have for Christmas? I don't know. Twerky. <laughs> oh, they didn't find that one so funny. <laughs> have you got another one? Um, I've got tons of them, but none of them are that funny, are they? Oh, okay. Um, who delivers presents to baby sharks at Christmas? I don't know. Santa Jaws. <laughs> Lots of them found that very funny. <laughs> <laughs>
Why did no one bid for Re Rudolph and Blitzen on eBay? I don't know. Because they were too dear. That's hyenas laughing this time. That's how bad it's getting. Okay. Um, it sounds like I was going to get killed. <laughs> no, hyenas. Right. Okay. So um, I think it's time we played the last part of today's show, is it not? Yeah. Come on. It's Christmas drinks up time. It's Christmas drinks up time. Got which bottles means, to pop. Which means it's time for this. Okay, do you want to explain what we decided to do with this this time then? Just for those people who may have missed oh. the last show. Because Tomorrow's Child was a very popular part of our show when we did it in the beginning of the year, and we managed to get it back up and running again, we thought it would be a fantastic idea to get all of our Tomorrow's Children to join in and do one combined song of the 12 Days of Christmas. Unknown to me, and... A bit of lack of foresight, really, was that everybody's going to be singing a different version of the song. Yeah. Um, and Adam kindly rewrote the lyrics and sent them out. Uh, I have to say, it wasn't me that rewrote the lyrics. But it? It was re the lyrics were rewritten by somebody else. I did help, but they weren't rewritten by me. Excellent. Well, we, we scattered the lyrics out to everybody that joined it, wanted to join in. Yeah. And I then spent the next four hours editing it all together. So what you're about to hear now is our Tomorrow's Child version of the 12 Days of Christmas. It's going to round up today's show. Once this is done, we'll say goodbye. Uh, but here we go. This is the Tomorrow's Child 12 Disney Days of Christmas. Second day of Christmas, what Disney give to me? Two Disney nuts. A Mickey and Safari. The third day of Christmas, what Disney gave to me? Three Caballeros. Two Disney nuts. A Mickey and Safari. On the fourth day of Christmas,
just keep swimming. Six Dumbo's flying. Daisy Ducks, three Caballeros, two Disney Nets, a Mickey and Safari. On the eighth day of Christmas, what Disney sent to me? A doll whips floating. Seven Nemo swimming. Six Dumbo's flying. Daisy Ducks, three Caballeros, two Disney Nets, a Mickey and Safari. On the ninth day of Christmas, what Disney sent to me? Nine Nelsons dancing, eight doll whips floating, seven Nemo swimming, six Dumbo's flying, Daisy Ducks, three Caballeros, two Disney Nets, a Mickey and Safari. The first day of Christmas, what Disney gave to me? Just teacup spinning, nine Nelsons dancing, eight doll whips floating, seven Nemo swimming, six Dumbo's flying, Daisy Ducks, three Caballeros, two Disney Nets, a Mickey and Safari. And the last day was Christmas, what did Disney sent to me? Eleven lanterns going, first ticket spinning, nine Nelsons dancing, eight doll whips floating, seven Nemo swimming, six Dumbo's flying, Daisy Ducks, three Caballeros, two Disney Nets, a Mickey and Safari. On the twelfth day of Christmas, Walt Disney sent to me twelve Olaf's melting, eleven lanterns going, first ticket spinning, nine Nelsons dancing, eight doll whips floating, seven Nemo swimming, six Dumbo's flying. Daisy Ducks, three Caballeros, two Disney Nets, a Mickey and Safari. Cheers, Adam. Can we listen to it? <laughs> There you go then, there was our 12 Disney Days of Christmas, all done by our Tomorrow's Child children. I like that. It makes me it smile. So it does make me smile. Uh, and we'll endeavour to send the audio out to all the people who took part as well, so you've got your own copy of that, which we'll send out hopefully in the next week or so. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for everyone who took part. We need another Tomorrow's Child ready for the next show, which is going to be in two weeks' time. We're not going to be next week because it kind of falls smack bang in the middle of all the Christmas celebrations, and uh, we're all busy doing all these different bits and pieces and things. So the next Tomorrow's Child will be... 
uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And I think I've got one for this time. Go on, then. Okay. So, of course, in the new year, we all have New Year's resolutions, these things that we're all going to do that we've never done before. And we're going to, you know, you know, people are going to give up smoking. Some people are going to give up eating. Some people are going to give up all that sort of stuff. So I want to know from your child this time, uh, in the new year, what one Disney thing are they going to do that they've never done before? So it could be, are they going to watch a film that they've never watched before? Are they going to buy, uh, do they want to buy a cost- Disney costume they've never built? Are they uh, bought, Are they going to ride a ride they've never ridden before? So like your one Disney thing that you've never done before that you're going to make your New Year's resolution for this year. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. So uh, radio at DisneyBrit.com. Do send in, please, your audios, and we'll play all of those that you send in. Some people have asked how do we record our audio. It's a really good question. Some people do it through um, their laptop, through something like Audacity, and just record it using the microphone that's on their particular uh, laptop. I often will use uh, there's something called uh, voice memo on my iPhone, and I will just use record voice memo and record it that way. How do you do yeah. yours, Alan? Do you do yours through your setup or? Um, I generally just use um, GarageBand on go. my computer. So, so GarageBand there. But I have used the voice memo thing on the iPhone. As and well. you can use GarageBand on your iPhone. You've got it on your iPad, stuff like that as well. I know there's alternatives for Androids and all that sort of stuff. So there's plenty of opportunity for you to be able to record it. So if you are stuck, if you want to join in, you're always like, I'm not quite sure how to do this. Then do email us radioatdisneybrook.com. We can ask. We can give you some advice on the best way to record your children so they can be part of it. So please do well, do one that. One thing that I will say, yeah, generally. You've got to try and make sure your kids are loud enough. Yeah, it's just it's volume, really, isn't it? Otherwise, when we have to turn the volume up, etc., it just distorts slightly. So just make sure they're nice and loud, and it'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's it. Yeah, that's that's it for uh, for pre-Christmas, which means I think it is time for this. <laughs> Uh, but thank you once again for listening to us uh, for joining us throughout 2015 we'll obviously have a new show before the new year but um, for those of you who we don't speak to regularly we don't see have a fantastic Christmas one and all I hope you have a really great Christmas and a really great time Um, are you all all ready for Christmas Alan? did you say you Um, were ready for Christmas? sort of I've, I've got some Christmas shopping done I've got more to buy Oh wow! Okay, I'm, as, I'm as in sorted. Fu- as in food, right, not, okay. not presents. Sounds good. Well, um, I think I'm all done for Christmas now, which is all brilliant. So I can just chill out and relax and enjoy my nice Christmas curry this evening. Which Sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. But uh, thank you once again for listening. If you do want to keep up to date with everything that's going on, facebook.com forward slash Disney Podcast. Also over on Twitter at Disney Brit, where it'll tell you when we've released another episode. And you can listen to all of our episodes online, either through iTunes, uh, or you can go to DisneyBrit.com and you can listen to them on there. You can listen to them through our website, which is fantastic. Don't forget the Just Giving page, JustGiving.com forward slash Disney Brit running team, if you would like to be part of that uh, would like to sponsor us for all the work that we're doing for Cordwell Children that would absolutely be fantastic um, on top of that don't forget if you want to take your take part in tomorrow's child and you want your child to be one of those people who want it next time radio at disneybrit.com and you can send us your audio and the question is what one Disney thing are you going to see do experience that you've never done before in the next 12 months and uh, yeah any comments questions suggestions anything like that email us radio at disneybrit.com I don't think there's anything else is there Oh, that sounds good. Right, well, we will see you in a couple of weeks' time and uh, have a good Christmas. Enjoy the rest. Until then, we'll see ya. Gosh, everybody! (laughs) That was swell!